listening to Beyond the Game. I love you guys. love the program. You're already famous in Rochester, but watch out, world. It's a faith-based sports radio program. That's the dumbest thing I could think of. I love everything about it. The, the, the beards, the handshakes. That just means I'm never leaving my kids alone with you. The ladies are digging my sweet bass. We would be honored if you would join us. Welcome in, everybody. I'm Rick Benson, along with Zach Barletta. Welcome to the Beyond the Game program. Nice to have you along as we talk sports from a faith-based point of view. BTGprogram.com or at BTGprogram. Zach, what a week in sports. Everybody's talking about the Masters. Incredible performance by Tiger Woods. I had the Yankees. I had the Islanders playoff game, but it was the Masters on Sunday that had my attention. So you were watching all three of those? I'm bouncing back and forth like a madman. Did you man. just tell your wife, I'll see you tomorrow? Like, that's <laughs> that's a full day. It was a full day. I'm bouncing back and forth. But when it was apparent that Tiger was going to win that thing, you know, I had to follow it. It was magnetic the way it drew me. I had to see the reaction. I was dying to know what would happen. I mean, it was just the whole thing was tremendous, the way he greets his kids. And it was a, a moving moment. And you've heard me say this. You can pronounce. You can say, listen. Uh, the odds are against something happening or the odds are against someone accomplishing someone, something. But to come out and pull a Mike Francesa or others did the same thing and say a guy is never going to win another Masters. A guy as talented and as focused and as determined as Tiger Woods. I just don't think you can ever do that. And when people would ask me, do you think he'll ever win? I wouldn't bet against him. It's like records. You say people say records won't ever be broken. Well, you take a, a record like Cal Ripken's consecutive game streak. In today's current game, it's probably never going to be broken the way right. the game is played. But eventually, the game will evolve. It'll change. It'll be different. And it may be 50 years from now. We may be dead and gone. But records are made to be broken. Absolutely. And it's like John Sterling always says, you can't predict baseball, Susan. And really, that applies to just about every sport. Just when you think you have it figured out. You really don't. You can't ever rule anything like that out. Tiger Woods isn't ready to give up the chase of Jack Nicklaus's 18 majors wins, and he may actually get there. Again, I would say the odds, even now, are probably still against him, but that win was inspirational. That win was tremendous. To come back and win a major after so many years between really was incredible. And there's so many gifted golfers in the game today. There's so many great players. I wonder how many people were playing golf this past Monday. You know, they saw the Masters on Sunday. They got inspired. They watched Tiger, and then they got the bug and went out there on Monday mm-hmm. and played golf. Then Monday night, their clubs were in the lake. <laughs> Another inspirational comeback, if you want to call it that, was the Orioles' Chris Davis. Maybe too early, probably too early to call it a comeback, but it was certainly nice to see him break through after – Watching him struggle for so long. Yeah. Apparently, he just needed to face the Red Sox. So yeah, maybe he did all his damage against them over two games. Yeah, if he could face them every night, he'd probably be the MVP. Last Saturday against the Red Sox, Davis broke a record hitless streak that had reached 54 at-bats. Nobody had ever seen such a streak of futility. And what magnified it even more was how great he had been not all that long ago. Yeah. He broke a record by some guy you'd never heard of. To go that long without a hit, you're talking about people you've never heard of. But mm-hmm. this was Chris Davis. This is a guy who 
twice led the major leagues in home runs. In fact, you may not know this, but Chris Davis is also a guy who was credited with a win as a pitcher in a 17-inning game. Did you know that? No. Yeah, interesting fact. Maybe that's what happened, and now he hits like one. Maybe. <laughs> His streak looks so bad because of the during that 0 for 54, 29 of those outs were by strikeout. Yeah. 20 swinging, 9 looking. You know he had to feel awful about it, especially in light of how much the Orioles were paying him. I mean, they're paying him a ton of money. After a 47 home run season in 2015, and let's not forget he hit 53 just a few years before that, they give him a seven-year, $161 million contract. He's making $23 million a year as he went hitless since what, September, September 14th or middle of September Something of last like year. Yeah. Since his last hit, 569 players had gotten hits. And if you do the math in between hits, Davis made more than $3.5 million. Oof. Man, that's a tough go. But Saturday he came through, three hits, single, two doubles, driving in four runs. Baltimore wins a game on Monday against the Red Sox, as you say. Enjoyed hitting against the Red Sox. Hits his first home run of the year. His first since August 24th of last year, in fact. You know, from the beginning of the 2016 season, basically since he agreed to that $161 million contract, which, by the way, that's got to be the only reason the Orioles keep him in the lineup. I mean, what else are you going to do with a guy oh, that you're yeah, paying $161 million? Dollars, that right? and, I mean, through the Orioles, who else do they have? You know, well, That's a good point. But since that time, he's been a 199 hitter, striking out more than 600 times, his on-base percentage less than 300. Now, he also hit 80 home runs, walked nearly 200 times, but a less than 300 a sub-300 on base percentage, that's just not good. Hey, but as as we just said, that's why the Orioles kept them in the lineup because what else are you going to do with a guy you're paying $23 million a, dollar, a year? But I respect how he manned up. I respect how he went out there time and time again. He pressed on. He persevered. I have to respect that. Teammates and fans were pulling for him. They wanted him to get a hit. Nobody wanted to see this guy humiliated. It just looked yeah. so bad. We we talked about it, you and I. It was painful to watch. It really was, even though he sticks to himself. He's a polite guy from all reports, but he sticks to himself. But I'm told that his teammates were, and every one of them is younger than he is, he's well-liked. He's respected. And when he came into the clubhouse after breaking that 0 for 54 slump, very emotional because his teammates were cheering, they were banging on the lockers, they were just, they were so excited that this guy had finally broken through. And you saw the highlights when he finally did reach base and he asks for the baseball. Yeah. You know, he wants that. And my understanding is that he plans to auction that off to benefit the Maryland Children's Hospital. I mean, this is a good dude. That's awesome. And you know, actually, I was going to say, that's what I liked about it the most. Not that he broke the terrible streak and got the weight off his shoulders, but that in the moment, he had a good enough sense of humor about it to ask for the ball and laugh about it, you know, that it hadn't like completely just destroyed him. And if that report is true, he'd get in the ball to auction it off. Uh, terrific. Many fans were angry. Many wanted him to just take the money, go away. We live in a society where it's very hard to get away from the negativity as everybody's got a voice and they share that voice on social media. Fans express their dissatisfaction in hateful ways. Plenty of people with... Two-bit heads wanted to make jokes, and they laughed at him. And, 
you know, we even texted back and forth, not laughing at him, but say, man, just feel for this guy because he yeah. looks lost. Certainly he heard the booze, but he believed in himself. He, I mean, he knew that that crush Davis that he used to be was there somewhere. And for sure, just going four for 12 since snapping out of the slump is not really a comeback and it doesn't mean right. he's back. But how do we keep a positive outlook when, when things seem so dark, seems so bad, seems like you're in a streak like Chris Davis has been. How do we not let the frustrations and trials of everyday life compromise our testimonies for Christ? Well, actually, it just comes down to a choice to choose not to do that. You can either let it get to you or you can choose to rise above it. I'm not saying it's easy, but that choice is ours. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8 says, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, Whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. There is much in the Christian life which really comes down to training our minds simply to focus on Christ instead of the negative things in our life. Romans 12, too, speaks of being transformed by the renewing of your mind. 2 Corinthians 10.5 says, Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Paul's not speaking to the world here. This is a letter that he wrote, 2 Corinthians, to a, a church. He, he wrote it to the church at Corinth. He isn't talking to the world. He's talking to the Corinthian Christians, and he's encouraging them to get their thoughts under control to bring their thoughts into obedience to Christ, which means it can be done. Or he wouldn't have said that, right? Mm -hmm. You and I can be encouraged to do that very same thing when the world around us starts to get to us. John Calvin once said, For nothing is more opposed to the spiritual wisdom of God than the wisdom of the flesh, and nothing more opposed to his grace than man's natural ability. Stop convincing yourself that you have everything under control that you can figure it all out. Trust God to help you through life's difficulties. We are not helpless victims or recipients of our thoughts. We have control in this matter. We can choose to stop our thoughts, bring every thought into captivity, as the Word of God says, to the obedience of Christ. Thoughts of lust, thoughts of anger, thoughts of fear, thoughts of greed, bitter thoughts, evil thoughts. They're part of uh, as, as every thought is, things that can be brought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. There's a story about a beggar in a public park who held out his money cup. A businessman sat on a bench watching this beggar. Notice that everybody passing by put money in the cup. He wondered how the beggar was so successful until he got close enough to see the beggar's sign, which said, it's May and I'm blind. The businessman hadn't even realized Noticed how beautiful a day it really was. He had taken it for granted. Well, the beggar didn't see any of it, and the people had pity on him and gave of their money. Christians, for us, it's always May. When you have Christ in your life, it's always a beautiful day. It may not always seem that, but the grass is always green, the sky is always blue, and God is always there. There will come a day when we will be with him. Focus on the things that are true, honest, just pure, lovely. If I remember right, Chris Davis is said to be a believer in Christ. I think I've heard that. 
I don't know him. I wonder how often he leaned on Christ, if that's true, as he struggled through the worst slump in Major League Baseball history. Perhaps you're listening and you don't have Christ in your life. I'm not saying that having Jesus is going to make everything easy. It's not all rainbows and unicorns. But it's better because we have his strength on which to rely and him to see us through the dark times. Have you ever trusted in Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins? First John 1 John 1.9 says that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Without forgiveness of sins, we all face the wrath of God. John 3.36 says that he that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. And the Bible says that Christ died in order to take care of our sins. 1 Corinthians 15 verses 3 and 4 says that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures. On the cross, Jesus paid the penalty of our sins. He paid the debt of our sins with his death. It was a sacrifice for us. He gave his life to pay for our sins, but he rose again from the dead. John three sixteen and 17 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent his Son not into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. God offers forgiveness and eternal life to anyone willing to accept it. But he asks that you would admit your sin and seek his forgiveness. And that forgiveness of sins is only found at the cross in Jesus Christ. Pray to God. Admit to him your sin and guilt. Tell him that you believe Jesus died on the cross for you, that he was buried and that he rose again. And ask God to forgive you and to help you turn from your sins, to repent from your sins. That means to start a new life. Turning away from sin, following after Jesus. Of course, that doesn't mean you're never going to sin again. But our sins will bother us because we're aware that we've offended a holy God. I hope you'll place your faith and trust in Christ and ask God today to forgive you. If we can help, let us know. Maybe you want more information or perhaps you're ready knowing it's time to place your faith in Christ for your forgiveness of your sins. Reach out to us through our website, btgprogram.com, if we can help. Time for a break. I hope you'll stick around along with Zach Barletta. I'm Rick Benson. This is the Beyond the Game program. Time now to take a look back on the week in Roberts Wesleyan College Athletics. This is the Red Hawks recap for the week covering up through Thursday, April 18th. The Red Hawks recap is being brought to you by Roberts Wesleyan College. The Robert Wesleyan men's golf team turned in a fourth-place finish last weekend at the Kravitz Invitational, hosted by the University of Rochester. Senior Eric Spitz tied for first place individually, while fellow senior Brandon Griswox was just one shot back of the leaders. Men's tennis dropped back-to-back home matches, starting with a 5-2 loss on Friday to St. Thomas Aquinas College and then falling 7-0 on Saturday against Queens College. It was a pair of victories for the Red Hawks last Saturday in lacrosse. The men defeated the University of the District of Columbia on the road 12-4, Cody Menzies and Michael Pirog each scoring three goals in the match. The women were at home hosting the University of Bridgeport, where Megan Burnham's four goals led the Red Hawks to an 18-7 win. Lindsay Brickell also added three goals. You can see both the men's and women's lacrosse teams at home as they welcome in Malloy College on Saturday, April 20th. The men start things off at 11 a.m., followed by the women at 2. 
That'll be the only home action for the Red Hawks until Saturday, April 27th at noon, when the men's lacrosse team will host New York Institute of Technology. When you can't make it to the games, you can follow all the action at their website. It's robertsredhawks.com. There you'll find news, scores, highlights, and more. And, of course, you can always follow Roberts Wesleyan Athletics on Twitter at RWC Red Hawks. This has been the Red Hawks Recap presented by Roberts Wesleyan College. Do you know an athlete whose participation in athletics is vital to their college choice? Then consider telling them about Roberts Wesleyan College. Hi, I'm Dr. Dina Porterfield, president of Roberts. We field 17 varsity sports and offer the only NCAA D2 program in Greater Rochester. Our teams have won six conference titles and reached three NCAA national championship appearances. Help the athlete you know to take their game to the next level. Visit roberts.edu. Welcome back into the program. So glad to have you with us here on the Beyond the Game show. We're coming to you from Rochester, New York, recording from the BTG studio. But you can get the show wherever you are. Get our podcast, btgprogram.com. Time to give it over to Zach. Hit us with a couple of your shenanigans statements. All right, number one, the Tampa Bay Lightning being swept in the first round of the playoffs by Columbus is the worst NHL postseason choke ever. It hurts, but yeah, I I agree. I can't think of one. I can't think of anything else. It has to be. I mean, isn't this the first President's Trophy winning team to not win a playoff game? You know, I'm not sure on that one, but I I'm I know pretty sure that's the case. I believe they were. Um, not to steal your answer here, I believe they are the highest scoring in terms of how many points in the standings they had accrued. The most points ever of any team to be swept out in the first round. You know I'm a, a Islanders fan, mm-hmm. and I like your Rangers an awful lot. But outside that, I, I like that Lightning team. I was pulling for them. And, and this is the second year in a row that it's sort of a letdown here. I mean, I know they went far in the playoffs last year, but, man, they didn't get it done. And this is just – they were completely outplayed. They just looked bad. Yeah, Zach, I can't think of any anything that would have been a bigger choke than this one. Yeah, I agree. I think, I mean, even just by the statistic that I just gave, they were the most successful regular season team ever to be swept. Of course, they're the number one seed, the President's Trophy winners. Um, And I think at some point when, like when you talked about, it seems like they dominate the regular season every year now for what, four or five seasons and can't get over the hump. I wonder if you have to start looking at coaching at this point. You know, the talent is there. That team is absolutely loaded. And you got to get Dave Andrichuk back on the ice. That's what you need. (laughs) Number two, the New York Yankees need to make a trade to save their season before they fall any farther behind Tampa Bay. What are your thoughts? I wouldn't say that they need to, so I'll say shenanigans. But I will say um, the depth is stretched pretty thin right now. DJ LeMahieu and Clint Frazier are kind of saving their season where it is, but... um, I'd like another pitcher, and I'd like another outfielder. So uh, I will say it's not a necessity, but boy, would it be nice. Yeah, I agree with you. Shenanigans on the statement. I, I don't think it's late this early. Tampa's playing great, but I think they're going to come back to the pack some. They've gotten off to a nice start. But the Yankees, if they can string a few wins together, I, I don't think Tampa's going to get far enough out in front to just run out and hide. A little too early to hit the panic button at this point. Everybody's hurt everybody's yeah. hurt. So that's why they're stretched. Maybe it's not too early for the Red Sox. So they yeah. just look 
I will say though, really Tampa bad. Bay. Tampa Bay is for real. They are really good. Oh, no doubt me. about it. But the Yankees have a lot of talent, and the Red Sox have a lot of talent. If if of those teams, I think the Red Sox have more to panic about than the Yankees. Agreed. All right, coming up next. I know this was a quick segment, but coming up next, you like that? Stick with us. I'm Benson. He's Barletta. This is the Beyond the Game program. You're listening to Beyond the Game, talking sports from a different point of view. Beyond the Game is listener-supported. You can help by making a one-time gift or perhaps even committing to a monthly pledge amount. And if you own a business, consider advertising during the Beyond the Game program and promote your business to large audiences of both sports fans and people of faith. Please join us as we seek to encourage, equip, and evangelize through Sports Talk Radio. Visit our website at btgprogram.com for more information or make a donation via PayPal Secure Servers. Beyond the Game thanks you for both your financial and prayerful support. It took me a long time to be able to say Chandler has cancer because that is such a scary word. When St. Jude finds something that works well with a certain cancer, they share that with everybody. And knowing that we don't have to pay for all of the medical expenses, that's huge. We just have to worry about helping Chandler and he's just my heart. St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Finding cures, saving children. Learn more at stjude.org. Spring is finally here. The grass is actually visible, and pretty soon those pesky critters are going to be coming out. Whether it's ants, bees, mice, or even raccoons in your attic, Town & Country Pest Solutions have a solution. They have been in business for over 25 years, and their team of knowledgeable professionals guarantee their work. Call Town & Country today at 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. Or visit them online at townandcountrysolutions.com. Town & Country Pest Solutions. They fear nothing but God. Welcome back into the program. Thanks for joining us. I'm Rick Benson. He's Zach Barletta, btgprogram.com or at btgprogram. We'll start winding down this week's broadcast with our You Like That segment. Psalms 127 verse 3 says, Behold, children are a gift of the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Did you and your wife ever do one of those gender reveals with any of your children? No, we've never done a gender reveal for any of our kids, mostly because it's stupid. Uh, We have been to one. We were at one where uh, all the guys had to hold little mustaches up and all the females had to put little tutus on as a guess of like whether you were guessing it was a boy or a girl. Of course, none of the guys guessed that it was a girl because none of us wanted to wear the tutu, so we all had little <laughs> mustaches on. And all the guys were standing around looking at each other like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever done. So that was motivation not to ever do anything like that for our kids. This really wasn't a thing back in my time. Uh, it sounds like I'm 180 years old, but really, nobody did this. Why are you Why are you so old? And I get it. It's kind of cute. It's kind of fun. But some of the ones I've seen on social media, in an effort to be different, end up just looking flat out dumb. Get off my lawn. And I'm not sure what to think about this one, but I like the humbleness. I like the willingness of one of college basketball's biggest stars, if not biggest star, to get involved. Duke Zion Williamson the soon-to-be number one overall pick in the NBA draft, threw down a special dunk for a couple with an exploding type of mini ball that as soon as he pushed it through the cylinder, exploded into blue confetti, indicating that they were going to have a boy. Zion Williamson's humility 
in his just being a good sport in a couple's gender reveal is you what like I that. like this you week. Like surprise, surprise, my you like that is related to the Buffalo Bills. Um, it's a story that I had ready to go last week, but since we weren't able to use it, I brought it back this week. In the Fox Sports Twitter poll battle to determine who has the NFL's best fan base, the Bills lost to the Tennessee Titans in the Final Four. Although it was quickly discovered, the Titans fans had spent literally hundreds of dollars to buy at least 20,000 extra votes. Bills fans responded, though, in classic Buffalo fashion by donating thousands of dollars to the Nashville Children's Alliance, which aids children who have been physically or sexually abused. The last count I had as of last week was almost $16,000 donated by Bills fans. I'm sure it's more than that by now. So the generosity of Bills fans is what I liked this week. We're at the end of our show, and I want to thank you for joining us here on the Beyond the Game program. I hope you'll tune in again next week as we continue mixing sports talk with biblical perspectives. But here's just one more thing. And another thing! The season has barely begun, and we are already revisiting, yet again, the well-rehearsed debate of baseball's unwritten rules after the White Sox's Tim Anderson hit a home run this week and celebrated a bit too much, flipping his bat a bit too high for the liking of Royals pitcher Brad Keller, who plunked Anderson in his next at-bat. Now, I'll save the unwritten rules debate for another day. The interesting thing about this scenario is that although benches cleared, as they often do in baseball without punches ever really being thrown, Anderson himself did a little more than some passionate talking with Royals catcher Martin Maldonado. Anderson didn't punch anybody, and yet he was ejected by home plate umpire Joe West. Tim Anderson was essentially ejected from a game because he was intentionally hit by a pitch. Oh, but there is also this. Last September, Anderson was also ejected by West and afterwards said, I don't have much to say about him. Everybody knows he's terrible. Was West's ejection of Anderson a form of retaliation? This follows an incident earlier this spring when umpire Ron Culpa seemed the aggressor in a discussion with Astros manager A.J. Hinch because he was arguing a called strike that barely stayed off the ground. After the discussion, Culpa then stared an awkwardly long time into the Astros' dugout before telling Hinch, I can do whatever I want. If umpires are making calls out of spite, if they are treating players with favoritism, or if they are singling out players they have a gripe with, and if they are feeling as though they can do whatever they want, then they are misinterpreting what their job is and who fans are paying to see. Perhaps Joe West owes an apology to every White Sox fan who paid to see players like Tim Anderson play the game only to be ripped off because West sent him to the showers early for no apparent reason. Let's be glad that God is not like that. God is always just and God is always fair, even when from our perception it may seem otherwise. In James chapter 2 verse 8 says that if you shall love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing well. But then it says in verses 9 and 10, But if you show partiality, you are committing sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. For whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles in one point, he has become guilty of all. That's our show for this week. Remember that this radio program is only on the air. Thanks to the generous support of our listeners, it's because of your prayers and your financial gifts that make the Beyond the Game program possible. Please keep us in prayer asking that God would not only use this sports talk radio program to impact those who hear it, but that he would also provide financially for the considerable expense of bringing this program to you. For Zach Barletta, I'm Rick Benson. Lord willing, 
We'll be back together again next week right here at the same time. Be bold and be great this week, everybody. Everybody.